fasten your seat belts. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Pat, you're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. How are you doing? Uh, Man, there's like, there's few better places than podcasting. There's few better places than casting pod with all of you. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's good times, man. It's good times. I went straight into announcer voice there. I don't know why I did that. I I say go with go for yeah. it. Go with it. It's better Carry than uh, what was I going to do the the one time like the southern accent the entire show. That's right. You were gonna because I mean I, I don't want to say it's easy for you to fall into that, but I think it's easy for you to fall into that. It is. We'll just we'll we'll tell it like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I care. I care. <laughs> uh, we're nothing if not consistent with our movie references. We are nothing if not we're, consistent. We're all fine here now. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the 30-something movie podcast, um, and t- tonight it's just the two of us. Just yep. the two. Yeah. All right. So it's it's me and Pat tonight. Um, there, were, uh, there were board meetings, school board meetings, well, however you want to spell the word board. Uh, there mm-hmm. were school board meetings galore yeah. for some of our other friends or not able to make it tonight. So it's, uh, you got me and Pat. Here we are. It's Pat. Yes. I don't know. I- <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so Patrick, we are here to talk cars, Disney's cars. Uh, it's a great movie. I'm, I'm sorry. Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood. <laughs> Yes. I apologize for that. Um, so, yes, we're here to talk Doc Hollywood. So we are going to spoil the movie. So just be warned if you haven't seen this one. Um, if you've seen Cars, you've seen this one. But if you mm-hmm. haven't seen this one, you may want to go watch the movie first and then come on back. Mm-hmm. Uh, by way of a also a quick reminder, the 30-something movie podcast is part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent, who have a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. For more information, check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. So... Uh, and then visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, uh, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, um, and a bunch of great Patreon episodes there. We've got about, uh, I think we have about six of them now that are in the Patreon lineup. We do a monthly exclusive Patreon episode for subscribers. So, um, go check that out if you are so inclined. Um, and, uh, if, if you're not so inclined just yet, then incline a little bit, cause I think you'll enjoy it. 
There's some good stuff there. We've had mm-hmm. some really awesome conversations and about a, you know, a variety of topics. And, and even if we're talking about a movie in there, we end up talking about a variety of topics. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a fun time. And hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a thank you to the people that are giving us money. That yeah. just continually is a humbling thing for me that, uh, that people like to throw a little cash our way. Well, yeah. and I don't want to say a little and disparage it. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, throw cash our way and, that's, that's just, that's just very cool. But it really, I mean, we really truly do appreciate that. And it just, you know, there, we, we always say we do this for fun. Like we're not doing this. We, we're not quitting our day jobs anytime mm-hmm. soon. Uh, we do this mm-hmm. for fun, but it's just, it's really great to, you know, it's basically, you know, so far we've, we've pretty much covered uh, quite a bit of the costs of running the podcast. You know, we, I try to keep the podcast costs you know, as much to a minimum as possible. But uh, what's been really nice about the Patreon subscribers, uh, those that help us out on there, is um, it's we've been able to cover those costs. And that's like the first time in a while that we've been able to cover those costs. So it's it's just been real nice to not have to worry about that part of it. So mm-hmm. uh, we're just so glad that those of you that are enjoying the show and wanting to help us out that way, just we thank you so much for doing that. Yes. Um, if you have not done that up to this point, um, usually I try to put out, I was a little delinquent on a few of the months, but I try to put out a quick little preview episode and, um, pulling back the curtain of when we're recording this, we're recording this episode, um, in mid March. And, uh, I just today, I think posted up a preview episode for our 1990, 1991, uh, music episode that we did. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a three and a half hour extravaganza. Um, but I posted up, I think like a 20 minute preview. I think I did our first, I think I did our number three song from 1990 as a, as a little taste for okay. anybody who's not on Patreon, just to kind of hear a portion of that mm-hmm. episode. And if they want to join up any level of support, we'll get you access to all those episodes. So cool. put, put that up today. But the other ones we've got on there, if you're curious, uh, we did Brewster's Millions from 85 is in there. We did a 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back episode, which was another like three and a half hour extravaganza on there. Um, mm-hmm. We did The Sure Thing from 1985. And then we've also done Clash of the Titans, Willy Wonka, and our three favorite songs from 1990 and from 1991. And then coming up, we have got, um, let's see, in about a week and a half um, will be our 40th anniversary Raiders of the Lost Ark episode that we recorded just not that long ago. Um, So that's coming up really soon. Next month will be French Connection month after that will be guns of the navarone and then Mm -hmm. our june patreon is our book review the heir to the empire uh thrawn trilogy from 1991 for the the star wars books so that'll be a fun one too yes so all good stuff on the patreon there so if you want if you want to hop on there and support us over there that would be amazing and we thank you so much for doing that um but this time we came to talk about doc hollywood Mm mm-hmm I can't, Pat, I came to chew bubblegum and talk about Doc Hollywood. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All out of bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, it is the first week of the month. So we're going to hop at the DeLorean. We're going to head back in time a little bit to this month in 91. So April mm-hmm. 91. Pat, do you know where you were in April of 91? Not off the top of my head. Finishing up a year of school. Okay. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember when exactly we moved to England. 
because 91, the, the spring summer of 91 was when we moved from Texas to uh, a suburb of London. Right. And okay. I don't recall exactly when it was. I think we came back when we came back in 90 through 93, 94. Mm -hmm. Well, whenever it was, um, when we came back, I remember we came back in, I want to say late April. So it was right okay. around this time was when we moved back a couple of years later. Um, but yeah, I don't recall exactly. I want to say it was June. I think I'm pretty certain we finished off school. Um, mm -hmm. and then we moved, but yeah, it was kind of right around this time. So a little, little history going back in time to April of 91. So, uh, got a lot of news that was going on at this time. Uh, a few births, a few deaths, uh, some sports stuff in here. So, uh, April 8th, the actor, Michael Landon, uh, who had been on Little House on the Prairie and Stairway yeah. to Heaven and um, or Highway to Heaven, not Stairway to Heaven. That's Highway to Heaven. Yeah, no Stairway. Um, he actor, denied. <laughs> denied. It will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. Uh, actor Michael Landon announced he had inoperable pancreatic cancer on April 8th, 1991. Mm -hmm. April 10th, the last automat coin-operated cafeteria closes in New York City. Hmm. Which I hear the reason I included that one is because I hear they're making a comeback. Really? Because of coronavirus, I hear that people are are considering bringing back the automat. Huh. Like that's kind of cool. Like it, it the the one place I remember like the the image that I have of the automat is from Dark City. Yes. It was the scenes where he goes to the automat and I, I was like that's kind of cool. Like I've never actually been to one of those. That's kind of cool and but yeah, apparently because of coronavirus they're they're possibly making a bit of a comeback. Right. Right. So, hey, you know. Yeah. What's old is new. Yeah. Um, you won't appreciate this one quite as much. I did put this in here for Bo, just in case he was able to join us tonight. On right. April 22nd, Intel releases its 486SX chip. Does that mean anything to you, Pat? No, but I can I can imagine that that was maybe a chip that was like a groundbreaking or a game-changing or something that now is like the progenitor of a lot of what we have today, maybe. I, I, I mean the the amount of the amount of data that that I would be able to to store on the computers that are in 1991. Pat, yeah, I, I, I probably have more than that in my watch. I I was going to say okay, so this this now, chip. Everyone, is, I, I guarantee I have more than that in my watch. I see. So this chip isn't a this chip isn't like a oh this is the granddaddy of all chips. It's just a chip that was like very old and therefore could not do anywhere what they can do today. Well, I mean at at the time. At the time, it was great. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. It was, uh, yeah, see, at, at the time, I was, I was going to look it up really fast what, the, uh, what that particular chip, let's see. I'm going to see if it had like some of the specs here. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we're, we're talking like, we, we tend to talk in the, in the gigahertz now in terms of like, you know, CPU speeds and, and things like that, uh, we're talking in the gigahertz. This was, I believe this one was somewhere around uh, anywhere from 16 to 100 uh, megahertz. Okay. So slightly, not quite as much. We'll, we'll put it that way. For those who are mathematically challenged, mm -hmm. we'll just say that's a much smaller number. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Your modern coffee maker. Might have mm -hmm. more information, and that's probably not true. But 
All right. Uh, this is probably more widely known. Uh, April 22nd, Johnny Carson announced his retirement from The Tonight Show. I remember that. Yep. Very much remember that. Uh, I very much remember the next one. April 26th, the TV series Dinosaurs premieres on ABC. Remember Dinosaurs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not the mama. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, speaking of that whole, you know, processor speed and, you know, I, I you know, memory size and all that stuff that I'm going to start saying more words and just sound more clueless. <laughs> but I'll tell you two episodes of the soundtrack show where the host, David W. Collins, goes through all that is Tron and Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. And Tron, he'll talk about how Tron is an amazing movie that was just ahead of its time because it was talking kind of a reality that would have seemed so foreign at the time, but now seems would seem very natural. Mm -hmm. And Jurassic Park, he compares the world of Jurassic Park to our world today. And he kind of goes like today, you know, like the amount of, I think it was like the amount of um, data used in 93 when Jurassic Park came out was how much data is used in like one day today. You know, I mean, it was, so just those comparisons that you're speaking of, if, if you go back and listen to those two episodes, mm -hmm. they, he, he breaks it down to tell the difference, you know, in our electronic and digital worlds and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sorry, it, I, you had already gotten into to the next news item and I was kind of flashing back to that first one, but no, you, anytime you want to flash back to the, uh, the soundtrack show, you go ahead. We can do it. Yeah. All right. Nice. But Dinosaurs, 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 and a lot of uh, a lot of Muppet performers on the Dinosaurs show. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember that show. We used to watch the show all the time. I think we, yeah. I think that was appointment television for us to watch Dinosaurs. It was a good show. I yeah. think it was a I think it was a well done show. It ran for a couple of seasons, right? At least, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then April 29th, uh, I, I knew Bo might, you know, appreciate this one a little bit more as well. But April 29th, uh, Don't Rock the Jukebox single was released by Alan Jackson, uh, which won the, who is the country song of the year for 1992 and Billboard song of the year in 1991. Okay. So uh, births on this one, Jamie Lynn Spears, uh, the sister of Britney Spears. Um, she was born in Mississippi on April 4th. Okay. Uh, April 30th, uh, my son would not want me to overlook this one uh, as one of his favorite singers. April 30th, Travis Scott, the American rapper and singer-songwriter, uh, was born in Houston, Texas on All April right. 30th. Uh, deaths, April 3rd, Graham Greene, the British writer, died at age 86. Uh, April 9th, Maurice Binder, the American photographer and film title designer who did uh, the film titles for the James Bond movies, uh, died at age 73. Okay. April 16th, David Lean, film director who did Dr. Zhivago and Lawrence of Arabia, dies of pneumonia at age 83. Okay. And April 26th, Carmine Coppola, the American composer and conductor um, and father of Francis Ford Coppola, dies at age 80. Hmm. Top sports for this one, uh, April 8th, the Oakland A's Stadium becomes the first outdoor arena in the USA to ban smoking. Huh. Jeez. April 19th, Evander Holyfield beats George Foreman in 12 rounds for heavyweight boxing title. Okay. Uh, this one is for Dennis. Uh, I, I did want him to think that we don't always just make fun of him and we don't always pick on him for being a Sox fan. Uh, April 22nd, 1991, Frank Thomas is the first White Sox player to, home, to hit a home run at the new Comiskey Park. There it is. So that one's for you, Dennis. There it is. I remember when new Comiskey went up. Yeah. I was not here yet, so I wasn't here for that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. I My neighbors were Sox fans, and I went to more games with them. I've been to more Sox games than any other baseball team. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think I've been... Now it's the sell, right? But I mean, it was uh, no. Now I, it's uh, now it's guaranteed right field. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like way off. You're, you're like I two mean, generations back. I know, but I mean, I remember being at. I I went to a game at Old Comiskey. Went to a game at New Comiskey. I went to a game at the Cell, which I know like those are the same physical place. Yeah. But I remember, yeah. yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's how the how the stadium names names change so much. Now, yeah. from time to time, somebody mentioned that. the What did they mention the other day? We were looking at something. Oh, somebody said some number about, oh, it was, it was a comparing Wrigley. And somebody said something about guaranteed right field and that had, how Wrigley had a larger capacity. And I was like, no, it doesn't. What? And sure enough, I looked it up and like Wrigley Field, because Wrigley has added some more seats recently. Okay. And I guess Wrigley has... Was it like, it wasn't a large number, but it was like 400 more seats than the Sox stadium. Okay. I was like, you're kidding. You can't, no, Wrigley Field? Really? Really? 1060 West Addison, that's Wrigley Field. Um, yeah, so, but then I, I was like, well, wait a minute. What is the Sox stadium called now? And I yeah. had to go Google it. I, I asked I asked Sharon, I was like, what's it, is it, is it guaranteed? And that's not guaranteed right field. That's somewhere else. I, so yeah, I can't keep up with the, between yeah. that and the whatever the Sears Tower is called now, yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I I don't even know. Yeah, I'm just gonna start calling it the Tower. Tower. Mm-hmm. Tower of Power. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Top books for this month were Heartbeat by Danielle Steele and The Seeress of Kell by David Eddings. Top mm. movies were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Mm. Uh, let's see. Out for Justice was another one. And Oscar was another one. Oh. David Eddings. Yeah. That was, a, was that a fantasy book? I believe so. Yeah. I, my, have you, have I never read, read them. I, I, I did not. But I've read a lot of you know fantasy books and all that. And I remember my good friend right about this time was really into David Eddings books. Cause he was always talking about like why he, I remember just talking with him like, Oh yeah, you got to check it out. And here's why I like these books. And I never got into that series, but um, yeah, nice. All right. There we go. There we go. Yeah. I pulled it up here real quick. It looks like uh yeah. Fantasy writer uh, wrote some books with his wife, Lee. Um, okay. Best-selling epic fantasy novel series, including the, Belgariad, yeah. the Malorion, the Alenium, the Tam- Tamuli, and the Dreamers. I remember the the, the difficult to pronounce, but the mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want it to sound like a, a roast. D- not um, elaborate names. I'll say that they, they, the the book the titles they had real you know elaborate names to mm-hmm. them. And you, uh, I remember he was he was reading them. He's thought they you, were are, really. Are you saying I mispronounce them or they're just hard to pronounce? No, like they oh. were hard to pronounce for me, but oh, okay. hard to pronounce for me. I'm sure you got them right. But I just remember looking at the, the books like he'd be reading them. And I remember, OK, Eddings with the name. And then it was like, are you reading? And he's like, no, it's it's Elysium. Oh, OK. 
And then, oh, okay, what, oh, there's another David Eddings book. It's Trunyasingam first. And it was like, no, it's this. So what you, yeah, I think you, I'm, I'm, I would put money on the fact that you said them right. I just remember that they were very elaborate names that were, uh, um, that were awesome. You know, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I, I, I thought you were going to say, no, you, you've completely mispronounced every single one of those. And I, my finger was on the button, Pat. I was going <laughs> to, you've been Pat's plane. There it is. I was going to do it. it. Now, funny story related to like mispronouncing or not being able to pronounce things, um, is, uh, there was a, for a stretch of time, my, my siblings favorite book, uh, that was read over and over again was a, um, a middle high German book written a book of poetry or an epic poem written around the year 1200. And it was called the Nebelungen Lied. <laughs> yep. That's just awesome. Yep. Say that three times after you've had a couple of drinks. Yeah. No so kidding. all and, and kept talking about the Nebelungen Lied, the Nebelungen Lied. I was reading the Nebelungen Lied the other day and, and kept saying, and I never could remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. So every time it got referenced, I was like, hey, are you still reading the Gefurterfung? <laughs> like, that's not the name of it. It's the Nebelungen Light. I know, the Gefurterfung. Are you still reading the Gefurterfung? <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. So anytime there's like a book that I cannot pronounce the name of it, it's just like, I, I'm just going to refer to it as the Gefurterfung. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like right out of uh, Army of Darkness. Right. Kalaktu, Erotica. Klaatu. Arada, necktie, nickel, <laughs> nectarine. Oh man, was, was definitely an N word. Yeah. Okay, Klaatu, Arada, ne- <laughs> All right, I said the words. That's it then. Oh man, <laughs> that's next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's we're gonna review the heck out of that. Yeah, movie. we are. And I'm just going to say, too, little... That's going to be one of those, like, quote-a-thons. I know. Like when we and did Spaceballs, and I'm not sure we ever talked about the movie Spaceballs. I think we just <laughs> quoted the whole thing. I think we just quoted the whole mm-hmm. movie. I think we just quoted the whole movie. I'll um, I'll say this, too. Uh, you know, jumping ahead to a movie that I think we're doing this year, Terminator 2. Mm. W- mentioning Army of Darkness makes me think of a critical thing I want to bring up about Terminator 2. Do it. And by extension sequel movies mm-hmm. um, there's a subset of movies that are sequels that maybe are better than the original mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. you can at least make the case for it but then I think there's like like a niche group of the subset of sequels that form the gateway into the series mm-hmm and I think that like those two movies maybe are part of that subset. They might be the subset of mm-hmm. movies that, do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it just, uh, like I was saying before we started recording, I kind of fell down and started watching it. fell down. I fell down and hit my head. And when I, <laughs> when I woke, I had a vision. Um, I was rewatching Terminator two, but like really rewatching it and just like, my gosh, this movie is amazing and then it got me thinking it like the, it was the cyberdyne systems model 1.21 <laughs> yes well and it's like how many movies how many sequels are really really you know good or as good or some people would even say are better than the original mm-hmm. and then how many sequels are the gateway into the series itself mm-hmm. you know not like 
not like, oh, well, I just happened to see this one first, but like, no, this is the one you got to see. Well, and the, and the interesting thing about some of those are that, as you've been saying that, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, just right off the top of my head, I'm like, you know what? Almost all of those, I would say the first movie, or at least the ones I'm thinking of, the first movie was a horror movie and they successfully did the sequel as an action movie. Yes. Because I'm thinking Alien to Aliens. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking Terminator to Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Horror movie to action movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Horror movie to action movie. Um, what was the other one? I had another one I was thinking about. But yeah, like almost every single one of those, it started as more of a horror movie, I felt like. And right. then they successfully translated it over to, all right, now we got to do something slightly different for this so yeah. that we're not just rehashing old territory. And they, they, those are the movies that did it really well. Well, and, and not to say that, that the original was, was bad mm-hmm. or, you know, but it was just the other one I think of is, is Batman begins in the dark night. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I remember there's a whole group of people that were just like dark night, great movie. Yeah. yeah. And then you tell them that, well, that's, Batman Begins is technically, and they look at you like you got three heads. Yeah. You know, um, anyways, yeah. I digest, but yeah. uh, bring uh, up short circuit to Robocop. Uh, perfect. There. Perfect example. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dead or alive. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say Johnny five is alive, but that was going to make no sense. Dead or alive. We're singing the Bee Gees. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, we got to finish off our April 91. Oh, top songs is where we left off. Yeah. Um, so coming out of the dark by Gloria Estefan. All right. Uh, I've been thinking about you by London beat. Mm-hmm. You're in love by Wilson Phillips and baby, baby by Amy Grant. There you go. So, all right. All right. Let's just go ahead and jump on into the movie here. Um, Our movie this time around is Doc Hollywood. It came out on the 2nd of August, 1991, rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour, 44 minutes. It was directed by Michael Caton Jones, who also did a little movie that we enjoyed called Memphis Belle. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also directed Rob Roy, another really good one. And then uh, producers for this one were Deborah D. Johnson and Susan Salt. Johnson was a production accountant on Hudson Hawk, and Salt was a producer for Presumed Innocent. Writers for this one were Neil B. Shulman, who did the book, Lauren Leggett, Lorian Leggett, sorry, who did the adaptation, Jeffrey Price, who did the screenplay, Peter S. Seaman, who did the screenplay, and Daniel Pine, who also did the screenplay. Um, One of the things I noticed is this movie and the one we're doing next week, so we've got, it's, it's our Michael J. Fox. It's our, it's our double header, Michael J. Fox right. this week and next week. And uh, the other thing I noticed is Daniel Pine, who did the screenplay for this one mm-hmm. also did the screenplay for the hard way. Oh, so he, he and, uh, he and Marty were busy this year. Yeah. No kidding. No. Uh, Shulman. This is the only movie credit. Uh, Leggett also did love and betrayal and forbidden love. A lot of love there, um, mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing. Um, Price and Seaman both did Who Framed Roger Rabbit and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and Pine did The Sum of All Fears and the 2004 version of The Manchurian Candidate. Cinema, okay. uh, cinematography was done by Michael Chapman, who died in 2020, who also did Raging Bull, The Fugitive, and Taxi Driver. And then uh, music was done by Carter Burwell, who did Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, and Rob Roy. 
Budget on this one was $20 million. Box office was $54.8 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 58%, and Cinema Score gives it a B+. Michael J. Fox plays Ben Stone. He was in Back to the Future, Spin City, and Teen Wolf. Julie Warner played Lou. She was in Stick It, Flatliners, and Tommy Boy. Uh, Bernard Hughes, who died in 2006, played Dr. Hogue. He was in The Lost Boys, Tron, and Sister Act 2. Woody Harrelson played Hank. He was in Cheers, Zombieland, and Natural Born Killers. Um, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but did you hear? Uh, did you hear the comment in this movie where uh, they were in the restaurant in uh, California, mm-hmm. and he, as the as the camera goes off to something else or it fades to the next scene, he says something like, "No, no, no, that's Ted Danson." Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, I saw that, and all of a sudden, because uh, somewhat recently, I'd uh, done a complete watch of Cheers. And uh, which uh, was, uh, I should back up is I'm guessing, was that kind of what the thing, you know, the connection was is they were both on cheers or was there another connection? That's what I figured. Was okay, cheers, that's what yeah. I figured. Like all of a sudden I said that, but then I didn't want to be that guy that, you know, saw the fan film trailer and thought it was the real thing. Yeah. yeah. But no, but I saw that. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Cause, cause this, I mean, cheers would have just been ending like that. Cheers would have been like the, the thing right then. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least in, you know, enough public consciousness that people would have remembered. Cheers had a couple of seasons left, I believe. Oh, yeah, okay. It ended, yeah, 93, it ended. Oh, yeah, so Cheers was like, yeah. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it had been going for about, been going for about nine years. Oh, yeah. At this point. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that, we're right in the thick of that. Yeah, Boy, that's a, a, 11 seasons. It started in 82. It ended in 93. So it probably was somewhere around its ninth season in 91. Yeah. I, I love those little things that they throw in there. You know, yeah. when you can throw that into a movie and that's fun. Yeah. Uh, David Ogden Steers, who died in 2018, played Nick Nicholson. He was in Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, and MASH. Uh, Frances Sternhagen. Um, I bet she's read The Neville Engine Lied or The Gerfurter Fung. Mm-hmm. With, with a name like Sternhagen. Uh, mm-hmm. She was Lillian. She was in Misery, Raising Cain, and Outland. George Hamilton played Dr. Halberstrom. He was in Love at First Bite, The Godfather Part Three, and Hollywood Ending. Bridget Fonda was Nancy Lee. She was in Single White Female, Point of No Return, and Army of Darkness. Uh, Roberts Blossom, who died in 2011, played Judge Evans. He was in Home Alone, Christine, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Edie Bird, who died in 1999, played Nurse Packer. She was in Adam's Family Values, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, and Bronco Billy. The cocky young Dr. Ben Stone, played by Michael J. Fox, is off on a road trip to California in pursuit of a relaxed and high-paying career as a plastic surgeon to the rich and the famous. But before he can pass the Mississippi River, he crashes his car in a small-town judge's property in South Carolina and incurs a community service fine to be served out at the local hospital, assisting the aged town doctor, Dr. Hogue. Ben is soon tempted to stay by a pretty ambulance driver, played by Julie Warner. Come up, Mater. 
I'm I'm sorry. That's the wrong trailer. <laughs> I see what you did there. I, it's the wrong. Let me get the. Let me. I I was so confused. I mean, they're they're exactly the mm-hmm. same. Let me play the right one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question. Beverly Hills, the most beautiful woman in the world. Plastic surgery. What do these three things have in common? Me in less than a week. I heard that the women out there have their chests enlarged, their thighs vacuumed, and barfed on purpose. We are prepared to offer you a permanent position as medical practitioner supreme here in the greater, greater metropolitan area and squash capital of the South. All in favor say aye. Aye. I'm in the twilight zone. I'm uh, just on my way to Beverly Hills. Plastic surgery. Not that you need any. I suspect your version of romance is whatever will separate me from my panties. What I'm talking about is dinner. Wear a dress. Panties are optional. Don't you have some kind of urgent business thousands of miles away from here, doctor? He was a man with big plans, but he never planned on her. Michael J. Fox. That's a nice pig you got there. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Julie Warner. You can blink now. Woody Harrelson. I could have gone to med school. Just the science part of it I had a problem with. And Bridget Fonda. Do doctors know more about sex? Doc Hollywood. All right, so that was the correct trailer. There it is. I, I do apologize for that slip up. It just, they, they seem so similar, Pat. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. All right, Pat, uh, one word or phrase. How does this movie make you feel? Uh, feels good. Feels good. You know, uh, the, um, heartwarming story. Mm-hmm. Heartwarming story. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this one, um, I'm going to say uncomplicated. Yes, and I mean that in a positive way. Oh yeah, I don't mean that in a negative way. No, it was it was definitely a fun movie. In fact, we were we were talking about that tonight. Um, just as we were talking about it again, it was like, yeah, it's you really can't you really can't separate. Like I, I really don't know how Disney Pixar can say that Cars is not this movie. Um, it it's near impossible yes. for it not to have been. <laughs> for it yeah. not to have been lifted in, in several ways just because Sharon even commented she's like I she's like I don't even like I don't cross examine movies as much as you do she said but I could see that like there were a couple of scenes you know there's a scene where in cars like Lightning McQueen is, is watching the girl car go by and it's in slow motion and there's a moment in this movie when Michael J. Fox is watching the girl go by on the on the dance floor when they're at the festival and it's in slow motion and it almost looks like shot for shot the same as cars like there are there are absolute moments where it looks like you could just superimpose one on the other mm-hmm. and it looks exactly the same um, mm-hmm. but yeah no I, fun fun movie Definitely a fun movie and uh, a lighthearted movie. 
Yeah. Did did they mention Pixar? Has it come out at all that they took influence for this? Or is that just like, you know? Uh, Pixar denies that. I believe Disney Pixar has denied every single time that there was any kind of copying. or Actually, they got sued. Who did they get sued by? I think it was a British writer uh, who claims that he had several scripts for an animated movie about cars. Mm-hmm. And that he claims that Disney plagiarized him. And I'm like, well, but hold on a second now. <laughs> if wait, if you're wait, if wait. you're claiming that Disney plagiarized you and this is exactly the same story as Doc Hollywood, did you plagiarize Doc Hollywood? Okay, wait a minute. How did Disney plagiarize him? I'm so confused now. There's the there's picks- I, there's a British writer who sued oh. Disney because he said, I had a script that I actually sent to Disney. They rejected it. And then a few years later, suddenly there's this movie Cars, and it looks exactly like what I wrote in the script that I sent them. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been, I mean, a lot of the movie reviews at the time that Cars came out, like some of the movie reviewers were saying, yeah, this is Doc Hollywood with Cars. Mm -hmm. And Disney has always said, no. In fact, I think the guy who was in charge of Pixar, John Lasseter, um, I think at one point in an interview, he said, no, it's, this is a, this is a deeply personal story for me. And it's, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's an original story. And, and I'm, I, I read that stuff and I go, I don't think so. Yeah. I have a really hard time. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they, maybe they did copy and they just, they just don't want to get caught. So they don't admit it. But it, this is one of those things I'm like, uh, let's see walks like one talks like one mm-hmm. most likely is one mm-hmm. so yeah i but both movie saying that say all that to say both movies are still fun you know mm-hmm. I, I i could watch doc hollywood again and i could watch cars again so yeah i, I, I didn't want to harp on that too much in our show because I, I did want to you know i wanted to make the little joke about how they're you know so very similar. Right. Um, but I didn't want to spend too much time being like, shame on you, Disney, for stealing this. Yeah. Both of them are fun movies. Yeah. And Pixar was part of Disney at this point? Um, when they made Cars, yes. Okay. I believe that's one of the first ones. Is that the first one they did with Disney or the last one before Disney? See, this is where we need Jeff. Jeff has the encyclopedic mm-hmm. Disney knowledge. So anyways, that was all kind of coming together at the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. We don't need, I, we can, we can keep our discussion based on the movie as oh, yeah. opposed to, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Let's enjoy them both. Oh yeah. 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 Um, is this the first time you'd seen this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think when it came out, I was too young to really go see it. Okay. Like, I mean, you know, especially cause it's, you know, in the trailer, you can see there's a little bit more lurid kind of mm-hmm. stuff on there, you know, and and so I'm sure my folks were just kind of like, yeah, you don't need to go see that. And me, it's well, and like, for a, for a PG-13, there's the one scene. Yeah. Where she comes up yeah. out of the lake and I was like, because we were watching it the other day and and, you know, sometimes, especially if it was like a if it was like Michael J. Fox. And I was like, oh, Michael J. Fox is in a funny movie about a, a guy who's a doctor. And he goes to like part of me, if I hadn't been careful and hadn't like, you know, looked up some stuff beforehand, I would have been mm-hmm. like, oh, the kids might have fun with this. Oh, the kids will probably have like, fun. Oh, OK. Well, that's that was unexpected. So actually, I didn't look up what the rating was before Sharon and I watched it. And then and then that scene popped up. I was like, 
this movie rated R. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked. Just, nope, not rated R. I got that thing right. through. Well, very well uh, then. Yeah. I, you know, I, so I, it, it didn't really, I think as a kid, like it, it would have been like, okay, you know, like yeah. I, I would have needed to have been a little bit of an older kid to really mm-hmm. enjoy it. You know, and Michael J. Fox was Marty McFly. You know, I was still young enough that it was like, hey, that the actor, you know, you tie the actor in with the character. Um, so this was just like, oh, Marty McFly is playing something else. I don't know. So I never yeah. really had much interest. I think I started it later on, maybe in high school or college. I kind of threw it on for a little bit, but never completed it. So this was the first time I watched it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first time I'd seen it. Now, as we were watching it, Sharon was like, I remember some of these scenes. And so there were several times she's like, yeah, I think I've seen this before. So she had remembered, she'd remember, some, I don't know if she remembered all of it, but she remembered some of it from watching it yeah. before. Um, but yeah, no, this this was definitely the first time I had seen this movie. Now, have the I have the um, VHS cover like imprinted mm-hmm. on my brain. Like I remember going to Blockbuster sure. and, and regularly seeing this VHS and be like, oh yeah, that's that's Marty. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm going to go watch Back to the Future. Right. Like as a kid, I, I was always going to gravitate more towards that. But um, no, I've seen it for the first time. Fun movie. Fun movie, lighthearted movie, yeah. kind of a feel-good movie. So don't go, in, don't go into it thinking there's anything overly complicated here and... But I think it's definitely more enjoyable for adults mm-hmm. yeah. or young adults. But even that, yeah. like, I, I mean, I don't know. But I, I, anything I say is going to sound like I'm putting the movie down and that's not what I mean. I'm just thinking that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's PG 13, but I, I wouldn't say it's a kid's movie just because yeah. I don't know how interested a kid might be in it. You know, there'd be some scenes that would like make them chuckle. Yeah. If, um, if there wasn't, if there wasn't the nudity at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. I could see, I could see my kids watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoying it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I could see that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, some of the other funny things about this and, and you just, you kind of, if you've watched enough Michael J. Fox, uh, you kind of get some of the different cues that happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, if I ever own any kind of property that Michael J. Fox is going to drive anywhere nearby, I'm mm-hmm. not going to have pine trees. I'm not going to have a fence. Yep. Yep. Because he's very good at crashing into fences. Yep. Yeah. Does that in Back to the Future. Uh, did you notice at one point in the movie, somebody calls him a chicken? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I just wanted to see him. Right. Who are you calling chicken? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Michael Jackson, or Michael Jackson, Michael J. Fox brings so much to his roles. I am such a fan of his. I really mm-hmm. am. Like just watching him on screen is worth the, for me, is worth the price of admission. Yeah. Just, just watching him. Um, he is always so good at it. So. Well, what was interesting about this too, is I didn't realize that this is almost exactly the time when he started making this movie was around the time that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So apparently it was right before they started making this movie. He noticed a, a twitch in his finger, kind of an uncontrollable twitch. And he went to the doctor and that's when he found out that he had Parkinson's. So he didn't really 
exhibit, from what I've read, he didn't exhibit extreme symptoms until many years later. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, this was around at the time he found out. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when that came to light. I remember when he he talked about that. You know, we were talking about earlier in the show, you know, history, what was going on this date in 91 and all that. And I, I remember over the years when he started speaking about all that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so uh, let's go through the movie just a little bit. So we start with uh, Ben is heading on his cross-country drive in uh, his 1956 Porsche uh, 356 Speedster. How much did you like that car, Pat? That was a cool car. <laughs> that was a cool car. That was yeah. a fun car. I love the two guys fixing it. Is that, or no, they crashes. Is that the 55 or the 56? Yeah. You know, the sheriff. That's who it was. The sheriff was sitting there. Yep. Yeah, that was... That was fun. That yeah. was a cool looking car. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, so then it's fun. And, you know, you've got, as he gets into the town, you know, you've got these, this whole cast of characters. You've got the two mechanics that are going to be working on the car. Um, mm -hmm. You've got the, uh, you've got the older ladies in the town that bring him all the food when he's staying at the, staying at their place. And, and uh, the uh, two mechanics are hilarious, especially that scene where he gets in and he thinks his car is fixed and it's all in pieces. He's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, you know, take it apart. Like that. there's always some parts left over. So he like hands him the bag of parts. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I know. I know, I know. Admittedly, I know nothing about cars. So I guarantee you, if I ever tried to take a car apart and put it back together, I would probably end up with several extra pieces and be like, huh? Ah, oh, they must've just included those in there just in case you needed an extra one. John, I tell you, I, I don't know much. It's so true. There's always parts <laughs> left over. That always happens. I'm always like, Okay. Hmm. This one wasn't wonder, here when I took it apart. And that's the thing is I put them in a little box and put them on the workbench mm -hmm. or I put them on the shelf or I put them in the glove compartment. And I know it's like something's going to come up later where, you know, mm -hmm. you're driving down the road and your wheel beats you down the street. Oh, yeah. okay. I need that. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. The parts. And just the way that he handed it to him in a box yeah. was perfect. You <laughs> oh, know? That, oh, that's where that goes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that 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 part that was great. Yeah, that was great. And then we, the the scene where he kind of gets in and he really starts acting at the you know he doesn't want to be the town's doctor, but when he does kind of get into it, I mean mm -hmm. he's he's good at it. You know, you, you mm -hmm. can tell right away. I mean that this is not a movie that really has a lot of surprises. That's why right? it, it's kind of one of those you know feel good if you want to watch a movie and kind of feel better about life and things like that. This is a good one for that because you're not going to get any overly dramatic surprises in mm -hmm. this movie. It's more of a he jumps in and immediate you're like, all right, well he's he's taken to this small town doctor thing pretty well. So I'm going to guess that by the end of the movie he chooses to stay. I don't know. Something mm -hmm. tells me. Maybe because right. I've, I've seen a dozen movies like this before. Um, and that's not a knock on it. Um, you know, I've, I've seen movies like this, but I can see where this is going. He's going to fall in love. He's going to stay, you know, that's sure. going to be his new home, you know, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, but it is funny as he's going through and he's meeting the different patients. And I love the one where they brought him the letter cause they can't read. Yes. And then it goes through that the rest of the classic. movie. He's, yeah. It goes through the rest of the movie and he's like, I, I, I just, I want to find out more about, uh, what yeah. was the um what was the relative's name? It wasn't Petunia. It was like something started with a P, I think it was. But yes. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just want to find out more about the uh the guy from Afghanistan yeah. and the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then it was always like 
it was so well played. And when he gets mm-hmm. done, he's like, God, he's reading it. Then at the end, he's like into it. And he's like, that's it. They can't, yeah. they leave you hanging there. You know? Yeah. And I, well, I think, they're, they're all sitting around while he's reading it. Like they're all sitting around with uh, suckers in their mouths. And they're like, by yeah. that point is it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's got the, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think it, it it's cool. Like the way he interacts, even how he interacts with the old doctor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, obviously the parallels, the car, uh, cars, mm-hmm. notwithstanding, but like arachnophobia, there was never like that relationship. I think by the time the doctor in arachnophobia spoilers, by the doc, by the time the doc meets his end, you're kind of like, Oh, thank that's guys just a, but in this one, it's cool because they had that element of, you know, he could see kind of where the doctor was coming from. And I thought that was a pretty uh, cool scene when he opens up and he's got the pictures and he's like, yep, I've get, you know, all, all those babies, you know, helped birth 700 babies or something, most of them in this town. And he goes through and talks about some of the folks that he's, he's and then you realize just how much that doctor has worked his way into to town. And that kind of plays on Michael J. Fox's character's head when he's trying to drive out of town. You know, I just, I, yeah, it was cool. Like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't tons of plot twists and all that, but it was a heartwarming story and yeah. that's okay to have those. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like, as he's going through those scenes of, of helping the different townspeople, uh, because <laughs> I've, I've probably done that sometimes myself. You had the older lady with the really thick glasses and she's like, yeah, yes. sometimes I see spots here and mm-hmm. here. And it, and he's like, give me your glasses. Wipes them off. Yeah. I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And like, there have been times before where I'm like, I'm busy working. I've been staring at screens all day. And, and uh, I don't realize I've rested my hand like next to my face. And I've gotten a smudge <laughs> on my glasses. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, my, my vision is blurring in my right eye. Like, <laughs> oh, what is, God. Am, I, am I having a seizure? What's, what's going on? Nope, nope, nope. Just need to clean the glasses. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's a baby, Ruth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, how many times as a kid I wanted to play that prank on somebody? Yeah, no kidding. Oh man. So yeah, it's, it's fun as he goes through all that, and, and then yeah, when he kind of gets schooled on the, uh, uh, he he gets hoag explained by mm-hmm. Doctor Hoag uh, when he's like, "Did you give him a coke?" <laughs> Yeah. Like, give him a Coke. Are you ridiculous? I've seen this before. They're calling for the helicopter and, and, uh, and then he goes and gives the kid a Coke and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that when he's talking to the doctor, uh, to, you know, after there's a little bit of a, of a, of a cool, you know, um, what am I, uh, not chilling like bad, but like they're, they're kind of cool with each other. A, they a, back a off cooling each off other. period. Yeah. A cooling off period. You know, I, doesn't the doc, the uh, Hogue, doesn't he say kind of like, yeah, well, this is probably why you missed it. He kind of explained it to him. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, it's, um, you know, he's the older doctor, like still, he, he ribs him a little bit and he's giving him a hard time, but he's still trying to teach him. Right. And that's one of the right. things I think I liked about this movie and why I think it stays pretty lighthearted is even like probably the one character who seems like he's going to be the meanest. Right. Is still there to teach him something. Right. So it's like one of those movies, if you don't want, if you don't want like the cynical character, that's always, you know, mean and nasty and acting like a jerk. And if you just want to, if you just want a movie that where, you know, it's, it's pretty like, and I, I don't know if, I don't know if that happened because of Michael J. Fox, 
Like mm-hmm. I wonder sometimes because he always had and and continues to have such a nice guy image mm-hmm. to him, would people have reacted differently if some of the characters had been like too much of a jerk? Yeah. Like what if people have been like, well, that's not cool. What are you treating Marty like that for? Yeah. That's Alex P. Keaton. Don't yell at him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I get what you're saying. Because the characters were. There really was no bad guy in there. I mean, even yeah. the Woody Harrelson character. Not right. even. But, like, the Woody yeah. Harrelson character I thought was going to be, like, you know, the foil. But he was just he was just a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's a funny guy. Yeah. But he kind of seemed to under, understand his, 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 his funniness. The character did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there there were no villains. It was just everybody had their own thing going on. Yeah, I I just I thought it was really good. Yeah. Then he goes to the shooting gallery. Yeah. <laughs> I go like this, and I go like this, and I go yep. like this. And there's like that pile of stuffed animals in front of him. Yep. That's funny. That was good stuff. Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah. Boy, that guy just. And I think we've talked about him before. That guy just brings it in every movie role I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. He is amazing. And that's another guy that I, I thought of as Woody from Cheers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like Michael J. Fox. That's just Marty, you know, and as a kid that imprints on you. But then when you see like, you know, all the different things that he can do and the roles he can play and so forth, then you go back and watch what he actually, you know, you realize what he was doing on Cheers. Yeah, yeah. that that guy that guy was pretty, uh, I know it was just a co-starring role in this, but man, he, he really helped make this movie. When, when you see, uh, when you see natural born killers, you forget a little bit about Woody. Uh, yeah. I have not <laughs> seen natural born killers. Okay. So, okay. um, you know, whenever that movie comes up, I'll be able to do that. But yeah, I can imagine from what I've, from what that I've one's, heard. That uh, movie, 94. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a little bit of a uh, sobering look at this uh, yeah. at this whole thing. Well, and then you can then you swing the corner after that, and then a couple of years later you got Kingpin. Yes, and then <laughs> and then um, and then uh, he's in Planet of the Apes, uh, the new new Planet of the Apes uh, part. Um, yeah, part three, the third one. Yeah, yeah, Dawn, Dawn mean, of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and yeah. I thought he's I thought he was incredible in that one. Yeah, um, he's. Uh, Hunger Games, Hamish Abernathy. Yep. Well, I, one of my favorite comedies of his recently are the Zombieland movies. Okay. Have you seen those okay. yet? I have not seen those. Oh, you you got to see those. Okay. I think I think you're really going to like those because they're not. Yeah. It's a zombie movie, but it's not a horror movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Uh, I, I believe you and Dennis have chastised me mm-hmm. for not seeing those movies yet. So I, I'm trying to think if I have them. I have the first one, so I can always loan it to you if you need it, but. There you go. It's it's probably streaming somewhere. I'm but yeah. I'm sure of it. No, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely one that you watch. You watch his earliest stuff, and then you watch later on as he expands. You know his acting repertoire, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this <laughs> well, this dude's good. Well, and and I'm not an actor, so I can't go back and talk about. Well, look at what he's doing there to steal the scene and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, you watch this where he's got the smaller roles, or you watch him in Cheers. And he holds his own. He dominates the scene, steals the scene. I, I mean, I, I don't like. I don't necessarily like to get into that kind of thing because I think that's a level of movie analysis that, unless you're an actor or a director, you're not going to necessarily see. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think he really 
you see just how amazing he is. I'll say it this way. No matter how big his role is, he always shines and looks like he's like an A-lister. Like yeah. he always brings his A game. He's always on it whenever you see him. And that's like this, like every time he's on screen, you're watching him, you're laughing, you're get, yeah, he's Woody Harrelson is pretty amazing. And watching him and Michael J. Fox. Cause like I said, you know, I think Michael J. Fox was one of my favorite actors, you know, mm -hmm. and I always liked him as Marty McFly, but now it's like every time I see the guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, as as we kind of get a little bit further on in the movie, um, you know, as we get a little bit later, we kind of find out that uh, Hank is interested in Lou and wants to marry her. And she's kind of, you know, in, in certain ways, she's about to settle for him because she knows that uh, Ben is not going to stay put in this small town. And um, so we, we do kind of you get that little twist later on in the movie where when it's time for him to leave, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to marry Hank. And then you're like, for a moment, you're like, oh, is she really? Mm -hmm. Like, is that how it's going to end? Because it is one of those where it's like, well, okay, is, is he going to, I thought earlier in the movie he was going to stick around, but now maybe she's going to let him go and he's going to go off and do his thing. And she's going to, but no, in, in, uh, in feel good movie fashion, um, he does go off. He does get hired by the, uh, the plastic surgeon. Uh, because of a phone call from Dr. Hogue, highly recommending him. Say, what did he say? He was, he was a. Uh, oh, I can't remember what the phrase was, but basically, it was a very long phrase saying, "If you don't hire this guy, you're an idiot." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the exact wording was, but basically, it's you know, if you don't hire him, you're a moron. Right, right. So, uh, so there at the end of the movie, he spends the uh, he spends the last uh, spends a few weeks there and kind of realizes that. Um, Beverly Hills is not really where he wants to be. So, uh, he, um, he does have, uh, Nancy and Hank show up in California and they tell him all about how, you know, they've, they've left. They're a couple, they're together, they've left and, and to go make their fortune out West. And so that kind of then inspires him to head back to South Carolina where Lou ultimately takes him back. Um, one of the other scenes in the movie that I, we thought were, was really funny as we were watching it was uh, when the guy for his services, the guy gives him the pig. Yes. And he's got the pet pig. And, and then he finds out that the uh, Lou's daughter really loves the pig. Mm -hmm. And so then he had, he had actually traded the pig and the pig ended up at the butchers. And so he's like, I, I, I got to get the pig back. Got to get the pig. Mm -hmm. So he's rushing to go get the pig. And he's like, well, I. I don't have any money to get the pig back. So then he has to trade his services as a surgeon to help the butcher chop mm -hmm. up. He's like, Oh, you're, you're doing those cuts real well. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah, no, I, I don't know. If there's too much more to say about the movie. Just a fun movie. It's got a lot of fun. Um, you know, if, if you're a fan of Michael J. Fox movies, there's a lot of little Easter eggs that you can pick up that you, you will get from his other movies and, and other performances. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of fun stuff in there and uh, just a pretty, pretty lighthearted movie. Yeah. And Michael J. Fox, I don't want to say being Michael J. Fox, but just really just bringing his a game and everything you've come to know and love about him. I wonder, cause I, cause the Parkinson's was coming out right around this time, right? Yeah. Was he in too much more after this? Like um, when was Spin City? Was then he then he got the show Spin City, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like after this movie, then he, he was on. Yeah. I feel like there was, uh, let's see. I feel like there were a few other things in between. Probably not a ton. Um, so right around this time, see, he did doc Hollywood. Uh, he did the voice. Was he the voice of the dog in homeward bound? The incredible journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see bunch of other movies I have not seen stretching until we get to 95 and then in 95 he's in the movie the American president yes yep. that's right that's right that's, you know that's probably that stretch of time from when he did the voice of the dog in homeward bound mm-hmm. to the American president I don't think I've seen any of the other movies that are in between there. So from 93 to 95, he had several movies. There's one called life with Mikey. There was one called for love or money. There was one called where the rivers flow North. There was one called greedy, uh, cold blooded and blue in the face. And I have not seen any of those movies. Yeah. I would, uh, I would like to see him in those just because I'm a fan, yeah. he was great in the American president. Yeah. And then right? you kind of get to, you get to the point where, um, you have, let's see, you get to about 95 mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's the American president. He was in a horror movie called the frighteners. Um, he was in Mars attacks. He was in Stuart little as the voice of Stuart little, um, spin city started in 96. Mm-hmm. And then from there, Spin City was 96 to 2001. And then it looks like he was in a couple of things. Uh, yeah, like little short videos. It looks like, so that may have been when the Parkinson's was getting worse. Because it mm-hmm. looks like from when Spin City was over, there wasn't as much at all. It was maybe a couple of, like one episode here and there of a TV series. Um, yeah, a video short here and there, uh, straight to video, Stuart little three. And then in 2006, he was in a few episodes of Boston legal. Okay. And then from there, it's been pretty much, it looks like pretty much TV shows. Okay. Um, cause he was in Boston legal. Then he had the Michael J Fox show was in like 2013. Um, we watched him a lot in that TV show, the good wife. Okay. I've, he so, played so, he, he played a lawyer and that he was amazing in that show because he he very clear I mean you very clearly had Parkinson's and and you know was demonstrating a lot of the the symptoms and and the signs of it and what was funny in that show was as a lawyer he would come in and and he would he would act like he was you know almost incapable of practicing law and people would see him and and he'd be moving and shaking because of the Parkinson's and he would, as his character, he would use that to his advantage. Okay. He'd like, he'd go in and he'd make people think that he was weak and he wasn't going to be able to, and then he'd get in the courtroom. And what was funny about his character, he was on that, on that show for several years and nearly every time he'd go into the courtroom, he'd walk into the courtroom and his character would always say, um, now, Your Honor, I, I want to let you know that I, I have a neurological disorder that causes you may notice these shakes. And it, and so he has to, like, introduce his his mm-hmm. disability to the judge every single time. And he does it in a way that, like, he's trying to get sympathy. 
Yeah. So, and that's how his character was. He's, his character is constantly using his disability to his advantage in every possible nice. way he can in the courtroom. And, <laughs> and I remember there was one episode, I think, where he does that. He's like, Your Honor, I just want you to know that um, if you notice the, the twitching and the shakes, and the, I think the judge says something like, nope, I know what you're doing. Just shut up. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, and that was going to be my point. Like, I, I guess I, I need to go and watch some of his television stuff and his other movies because, you know, like I know him kind of in this, like, you know, what, you know, like right in his heyday playing these characters and to see kind of what he, you know, the other stuff he did. I guess I would like to, you know, go back and watch some of the, those those episodes just to see because he's I, I find him so charismatic and so entertaining to watch. Yeah. No, he's 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 a great character, particularly in that show, The Good Wife. He was a cool. great character, and that's probably the one he's been in the most. Got yeah, it. I think that's the Got TV it. show. That's the TV show he was in the most episodes in, other than Spin City. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, I don't know if you were going to say. Well, is there anything else to say? Because I was just going to say, you know, there was that one scene where, uh, you know the uh the gal comes out of the water there and i you know that was that was quite a scene and uh i, I, was I don't want yeah and I, why was it in the film <laughs> i mean i i guess unless you know for the 12 to 14 year old boys that would watch this and feel like they were getting away with something on family movie night like i i'm i'm confused as to why that was in the film mm-hmm because you can blink now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't get it because that wasn't, that wasn't why she had him on the back step the entire time. She had him on the back on his back foot, not because she was like trying to seduce him, but because she was like, you know, she had a past that she didn't want to open up, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I again, I, I, I psych, like, I wonder how that scene got in there, and yeah. like why. It, and, you it, know, it could have it could have just as easily been you know Phoebe Cates coming up out of the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Could have been like that. You didn't didn't need to be. You know, I'm not trying to be like you know a, a prude here and say what well, didn't need to have the nudity, you know, that, but I'm like, I'm kind of like you. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that did. You know, I, was it funny? Sure. It's funny, yeah. but yeah. Well, did it fit with the characters necessarily? I, no, not really. Yeah. So I don't and, know, maybe, I, maybe that's it. Maybe we just chalk it up as, as a funny moment. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to go too deep on this movie, but you know, you can call me a prude or you can say, Hey, it's the 21st century. And, why do we always have to have the, the actress take her clothes off? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, I potentially be watching this movie with my kids and why do I have to, you know, look at my daughter and she's going to say, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, so anyways, that was just the one thing. And, and again, I'm sure that uh, hopefully our legions of fans are like, oh, God, Canna Gale is just such a prude. And it's not that I'm not liking the movie because I love the movie. It's a great movie. But like that's one scene that I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, the forest scene where they were t- marking the trail. Uh, yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
that was hilarious. Yeah. And I had a similar experience to that one time, but I mean, it was, uh, uh, you know, it was on a trail run and we come up and there was like no bathrooms, no porta potties, no outhouses. And I was on, a, on the race and came up this hill and like, there was like, you ended up in a pack. And most of the time you were by yourself the entire day or with like a couple other people. And they're on the middle of the woods and there was this pack of us and we get to the top, we trusted this hill and the gal at the lead goes, okay, ladies on the right, boys on the left, relieve yourselves and don't peek. And sure enough, like all the girls were in the, over there and all the guys were on the other side. I'm just like, okay, so I guess this is what you do when you're up. So anyways, when <laughs> yeah. she was like doing that, uh, you know, trying to scare the deer away or whatever the heck, you know, um, by, by urinating on the trail there. That that's made me think of it. So I'm not approved. I mean, like that scene, I thought it was hilarious. So yeah, I don't know. Fun scenes. Yeah, I did find the specific wording of the uh, when they make the comment about Ted dancing mm-hmm. in the restaurant. It's uh, Nancy Nancy Lee and Hank are in the restaurant, and Nancy Lee says, "Is that a star?" And Hank says, "No, that's Ted dancing." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. Okay, but, did we spend time on the podcast talking about how awesome Woody Harrelson is? We did. Yeah, I, you, can take, okay. you can take another minute if you want to. Uh, you know what? No, everybody just rewind back and replay that because, my okay. gosh, Woody Harrelson's amazing. Okay. All right. I'm going to go rewatch season five of Cheers tonight. Yeah. Wait, season five? When did he come on? No, it was later. Uh, was it later than that? No. He started pretty soon after Coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anyways, I'll watch the later season of Cheers tonight. A later season of Cheers. Here, I can I can tell you. Uh, it was probably closer to third season. Yeah. Oh, fourth season. Pro- fourth to the end. Yep. Yep. Uh, Woodrow Tiberius Boyd was his mm-hmm. character's full name. Uh, Woody came to Cheers at the beginning of the fourth season. That's right. Yep. Remember when Woody's cousin that was a real hot piano player came and it was Harry Connick. And Harry Connick had the cameo on there. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that show was just so well done. Yeah. And that show was another example of stuff that like, as a kid, I watched it and I was like, okay, it's, but I didn't get it. Not because it just it, now then as a slightly older kid slash adult watching it, I'm like, this stuff is amazing. And that's kind of how I feel about doc Hollywood. Like back in the day as a kid, I might be kind of like, okay, like, all right. And now I watch it and it's like, this is great. So yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. All right. I think it's time for three questions. It is time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. God is having mercy on our souls. Uh, Question number one. If you had a pet pig, what would you name it? Oink. Oink? 
Okay. Yes. My dad, my dad actually lived on a farm growing up and actually had a pet pig and uh, it was, it was the mama pig on the mm-hmm. farm and uh, its name was pig P I G G pig. I could see doing pig. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was another one I had. Yep. Uh, mine. I have a whole plan. If I have a pet oh. pig, I, I'm going to use this pig to uh, win friends and influence people. Um, I would use this pig to have this pig get its picture taken with a bunch of different celebrities. Okay. So that this pig has connections all across Hollywood, and it gives me the opportunity to meet celebrities, maybe get some autographs, get some pictures, things like that. Um, but after I've after I've done all this, my my naming of the pig fits in with that whole plan, because I'm going to call the pig Kevin Bacon, and I want there to be like six nice. degrees of Kevin Bacon the pig. Yeah, there we go. So there we that's go. that's my whole plan. It's elaborate. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, uh, well, well played. I feel like well it's played. worth it. Yes, it's worth it. And who's not? I mean, y- you got the weirdos that are walking to walking up to you on the street, and you're like, "Hey, can I have an autograph?" Or, "Hey, can I?" Imagine the guy that walks up to you and is like, "Hey, Mr. Clooney, would you take a picture with with my pig?" <laughs> I feel like that might be one of those things that's just quirky and weird enough. Weird enough that at least, even if they say no, at least you get a little smile out of them. Yeah, at least yeah. it catches their attention. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be happy with that. Nice. Because frankly, they're going to forget probably 90% of the people who they sign autographs for. Mm-hmm. But they're going to go back and they're going to have their big Hollywood parties where it's, you know, it's Matt Damon and Jamie Foxx and all the other guys. And they're like, hey, there was this guy in Chicago with a pig. Mm-hmm. His pig's name was Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and he wanted to get his picture taken with it. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's my overly elaborate plan for my pet pig, Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number two, big city or small town life? I feel like we may have asked this question at some point before, but maybe now that there's been a, uh, a year long pandemic, maybe we have different answers. I don't know. <sighs> Pat, where are you going? Big city or small town? Uh, you know what, John? This is a hard one because I I don't want to be in any one place kind of like to be a nomad, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's aspects of a big city that are awesome. The hustle, the bustle, um, the culture, um, everything from the symphony to jazz clubs, to shows, to food, to, you know, diversity of, uh, you know, on diversity period. Mm -hmm. There's aspects of small town life that are very appealing you know, um, maybe a little bit of a slower pace. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's an aspect or just a stereotype, but possibly, you know, slower pace. Um, you know, everybody knows everybody, you know, comfortability, you know, with the, with your surroundings. But that being said, like, I see the benefits of both, but, um, and I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a downer to all of our listeners out there, but Sometimes I'm just so sick and tired of having to deal with everybody else in this world. Like, I just like to be out on my own somewhere. Like, just, you know, I, I yeah, I think I'd like to just kind of be out on my own and then choose what if I want to come back. So I, I'm going to go with choice C, completely kind of isolated on my on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm talking like, hey, I'm, I want to go colonize Mars by myself on my own. But, Yeah. 
Pat, I, I just want to go colonize a hillside in Scotland somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what, let's, that's right. And I just want to go colonize a, a coastline, uh, you know, a, a cottage on the coast of Ireland somewhere. There we go. Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, you know, I, if I had to narrow it down, I'd, I'd say I'd live in a small town, mm-hmm. but I'd like that small town to be somewhere maybe within driving distance of a city. Right. So, right. You know, and I think I think sometimes that's the appeal. You know, I, I know that sometimes, uh, especially the the both the city folks and the country folks will kind of criticize the suburbs a little bit, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Well, they're just they're just plain. Like they're not even mm-hmm. they're not even small town or city. They're just boring and basic and in the middle." Of it. But that's kind of the that's almost kind of the happy medium because mm-hmm. you're not really going to get as close to a city so that it's like readily available and still have that very almost country, small town feel to it. Mm-hmm. Or at least I feel like, um, so I, I think that's why I really, I enjoy living as close as we do to Chicago, you mm-hmm. know, I, between Chicago and Milwaukee, you know, where we're located, you're, you're what within, an, what are we an hour and a half from Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, not even that. Yeah. Not yeah. Yeah. Maybe at an most. hour. Yeah. Well, and depending on how fast you go. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're like, you're like 45 minutes, no traffic. You're like 40 minutes to Chicago. You're probably 45 minutes to an hour to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we've got two big cities right here. And then all the, like you said, everything that goes along with that, the, the culture, the music, the museums, the diversity, the restaurants, the neighborhoods, the, you know, all the great stuff about being, being near a big city. Yeah. Museums. Yeah. Museums. Yeah. yeah. But, but plenty of, uh, plenty of opportunities to just kind of back off and, and have things be a little quieter if you want to be in that, that small town. But, but like you, I, there have been several times lately where I've, um, I don't want to use the word threatened, but I've, I've said things like, Sharon, what if we sold everything and found ourselves a, a nice little, hill and, and built a nice little stone cottage and and somehow I was magically able to incorporate Wi-Fi into that stone cottage. Um, what if we did that? Like, would it be so bad if we just picked up and went and somehow mm-hmm. magically never returned? Yeah. Well. Yeah. So that's mine. I mean, I, I think I'd pick small town. I'd want to live in a small town but with a city nearby. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pat, I was, I was jokingly going to start my answer with this because you said, you know, you wanted to go somewhere where, where people know you. And, and so I was joking, I was jokingly going to say, Pat, you know, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. <laughs> there it is. Taking a break from is. all your worries sure would help a lot. Oh man. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came, Pat. Oh, man. I am totally watching Cheers when we get done here tonight. (laughs) In fact, we may not get to our recording of the hard way. We may end this recording and be like, hey, should we do our next episode? Sure. So uh, season four of Cheers starts with the episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, All right. uh, Question number three. Cars or Doc Hollywood? Which movie do you like better? I like cars just because, you know, the car culture and mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought was really well incorporated into the movie. And, and I think uh, Pixar does a good job of that, of whatever genre they're writing in or whatever 
theme they're writing for, they, they do a good job of researching it and, mm-hmm. and hitting all aspects of it. And so I really dug cars, um, the racing thing, you know, I mean, uh, I dug cars. I, not that there's anything wrong with this. I can't say, Oh, well, because this, that, and the other thing I didn't like, I love this. I love doc Hollywood, you yeah. know? So, I mean, they're both great movies and, you know, just an amazing coincidence that they're, pretty much the same story. <laughs> They're exactly the same. Yeah. Um, that was kind of my answer. Uh, originally my answer, and we were, as I was talking about this and, and sharing the three questions with the family before we recorded, um, my original answer was, well, I might have to go cars because I think I might watch that a little bit more often. But the mm-hmm. more we've talked about this movie, I'm like, mm-hmm. not that, and, and cars is not, I mean, my kids are old enough now that we're not rewatching cars, you know, as right. regularly as we might've a few years ago. Right. Um, and so I kind of had to rethink it. And, and after we've been talking about it a little bit, I'm like, ah, you know what? I might, Doc Hollywood might actually be one that I'd watch maybe, uh, maybe every few years or so. It, it probably wouldn't be an annual watch, but you know, it'd be one that if we were like, uh, we've watched everything we have. What do you want to watch? I don't know. We'll just put something on. Like it's one of those. Like if you just need, if you need something you've seen before and you just want to put it on to have it in the background, this would be one of those that, you know, I, I could totally see myself reaching for this one to put on in the background while I'm doing something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great flick. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Doc Hollywood. Uh, if you want to see more of our podcast episodes, go to 30podcast.com, uh, at 30podcast on the social medias. Um, on our website, you can leave us a voicemail there. Um, you can see all the other episodes that we've got. In fact, um, the website that we use has added a new feature. If you go to 30podcast.com slash follow and put that address in, it should give you a nice, clean website page that has our, I think it has our latest episode, but then it's got links to like, 10 or 12 different podcast apps that whatever you use and whatever you want to listen to it through, whether it's Google, whether it's uh, Apple, whether it's Stitcher, Overcast, you know, any of those other ones, um, there's a bunch of links there. So if you go to 30podcast.com slash follow, it'll give you a nice clean page. And then that's also a great way if you want to share it with other people and just, you know, say, hey, I was listening to this podcast. I think you might like it. That's another great link that you can use to, to share with people um, so they can see, uh, so they can get it in whatever podcast app they choose. Um, cool. Don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers Retro Podcast Network by heading over to scenestealersglobal.com. Our next episode's coming up. We are in April, our California Dreams Month. Our next episode is another Michael J. Fox movie, The Hard Way. And then uh, middle of the month in April, we've got our Patreon episode for the Patreon-exclusive members. Uh, that is the 40th anniversary Raiders of the Lost Ark episode that we did. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh man, that was so much fun to talk about that one. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we got LA story coming up a little bit later this month and career opportunities. May is our crime. Doesn't pay month. We got boys in the hood, Bugsy. The Patreon movie is the French connection from 1971. The mm-hmm. last boy scout point break. June is shots fired. That's ricochet JFK. Uh, June Patreon is guns of the Navarone from 1961. We got Naked Gun, Two and a Half, Hot Shots, and Toy Soldiers. So if you are looking ahead to the movies that we're doing coming up here in the next couple months, that'll get you through the end of June. So um, as always, Patrick, thank you for being here with me. John, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Always fun. Always fun. Everybody, 
be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And uh, whatever you name your pig, make it good. I I don't know where to go with that, Pat. Mm, I don't know, John. That was, I don't know. That's not going to be our regular sign-off. <laughs> whatever you name your pig, name it well. Yeah. Good night, good luck, and whatever you name your pig, name it well. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody, be excellent to your pigs, and uh, we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>